you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this that never happens when you dial 941-421-0401 at razradiolive.com we answer right away and pow you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts no screeners no delays try it now 941-421-0401 and avoid 941-421-0401 if you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran don't be scared 941-421-0401 we welcome all we know how it feels to be ignored RazRadioLive.com.
up, Reds Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RazRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news, and um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RazRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music. Yeah. 
be a part of it. You'll never be a part of it. But you'll never be a part of it. Friday nights at 7 o'clock on RazRadioLive.com. It's one of America's most popular radio programs. It's the LRWS. Don't believe us. Just ask Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. People are allowed to be morons. They're allowed to be stupid. They're allowed to think idiotic thoughts. So during your Friday night plans, make sure that you take Lawrence Ross, Thomas Lakeman, and Matt Davis with you. Dumb Florida morons. Make sure you give these guys a call at 941-421-0401. Get off the phone with me, you waggy prick. That number again is 941-421-0401. They're driving me fucking nuts over here, Chief. It's the LRW. US. You suck! Each and every Friday evening. On RazRadioLive.com. Words will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. Just a few more minutes, my friends, and I will be there with you. Just keep enjoying. It's all about 
with the Republicans on the, of the with the rest of the Republicans on this stage has raised questions about whether or not you can actually win the general the Republican nomination sir well we've only had two little primaries so far so it's pretty premature to decide which one is going to be the candidate but you know when, when you think about it if you measured everything I've ever said every vote I've ever taken against the Constitution you know, I'm a strict constitutionalist. So you suggesting the Republicans should write me off because I'm a strict constitutionalist? I'm the most conservative member here. I have voted, you know, against more spending and wasting government than anybody else. So you're suggesting that I'm not electable and the Republicans don't want me because I'm a strict fiscal conservative? Because I believe in civil liberties? Why should we not be, be defending civil liberties? And why should we not be de talking about foreign policy that used to be the part of the Republican Party? Mr. Republican Robert Taft didn't even want us to be in NATO. And you're saying now that we have to continue to borrow money from China to finance this empire that we can't afford? I, let me see if I get this right. We, we need to borrow $10 billion from China, and then we give it to Musharraf, who's a military dictator who overthrew an elected government, and then we go to war, we lose all these lives promoting democracy in Iraq. I mean, what's going on here? And you're saying, and you're saying that this insinuation that I am less Republican because of that? It must be Tuesday. That's right. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. You know, it's it's been an interesting day, and it, it's made me think a lot about what I should do and how I should handle what I do. These are a lot of things that we have to think about a lot of times. All right. Here's what's going to happen, guys. I want to make sure you all understand my plan. 
So I have to change my plan. Obviously, I'm, I'm having issues. I, I'm having a discrepancy with getting here for you on time at 5 o'clock. So what we're going to do is we're going to move to 6. The first 52 will be live at 6 o'clock every Tuesday from this point forward. No questions asked. No arguments. That's what will happen. Okay? I have to make it easy for you so you know what to find. And I have to make it easy for me so I can ensure I do it for you timely, professionally, and with the information you want. Does that do it for you? Does that bring you in? I hope so. I hate to keep changing things, but we're, we're still working on how this is going to work out. And that's how I think it's going to have to work out. Six o'clock, Tuesdays, the first 52. Following Jack Blood, hopefully he goes to six every Tuesday. That'll be great. Because I would love to follow Jack. I love following Jack. Hell, Jack is going to be joining us tonight for a little bit. I like talking with him. He brings a lot out of me. That's what we have to do. We have to touch each other. How do we touch each other? Not that way, guys. I know how you all think. You're all a bunch of sick mother effers. I know how you think. That's not what I mean by touching each other. But he will be joining us at one point in time this evening. And I look forward to that. And I hope you do, too. All right, guys, welcome. You know what? As usual, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting two weeks. I apologize for missing you guys last week. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't like to have that happen. I, I really try to fight that happening, but sometimes I can't control it. There's just times I can't control it. Was it last week? Yeah, I think it was last week. I just can't control it. Sorry. So it goes out. Shit doesn't go right. Oh, that's right. I had a bad week last week. I joined Jack on his show for two hours. Uh, last week from like, or actually three hours because I got in trouble with my wife because it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was three hours. Anyway, so I hope everybody had a great week this week. I want to thank, uh, you know, first of all, Scott Ledger, uh, but it came through my, my buddy Fortoad. Uh, I have a new mic arm and I gotta say, having this mic arm that's twice the size of the one I had before is awesome. It's not in my way when I talk to you so I can read news articles without a boom in front of me. It just makes such a difference. It's amazing the difference something little like that can make. Uh, of course, there's so many different things to talk about. Uh, being away last week, uh, I know I touched on a lot of things, but we're, we're seeing more. Did you notice that CNN's not talking about the plane crash anymore? Remember that plane that crashed? Left, you know, debris everywhere. Body parts were found. Both black boxes were found. Remember that crash? Yeah. Didn't line up with nine, uh, Flight 93 very well, did it? So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they don't talk about that now, all of a sudden. You know, they tried to blame it on, well, what, what happened? Let's be honest here, in my opinion, as to what happened and why that story fell off the, the, the face of, of every news organization there is, is because they pointed out that pharmaceuticals may have been the problem here. Pharmaceuticals that this person may have been on might have caused him to snap and crash a plane with 165 or so people on it into the ground with lots of evidence that he crashed that plane into the ground. Don't forget, there was 
tons of evidence. Which, which, you know, if we're going to have that argument that, uh, you know, a plane traveling at four or five hundred miles an hour hitting the ground is going ins- to d- d- just, you know, disappear, just be gone, like a 90, flight 93 in, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Well, I don't know. When you see one go down as in this most recent plane crash, you can hear the children in the background. Yes, we have company in town, so the children are playing hard. But when you see a plane crash in the same manner as Flight 93, and there's body parts found, and there's black boxes found, and there's debris much larger than the debris that uh we see in Shanksville. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about there. There's nothing to question there. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Nothing different. No. No. Very similar crashes. Nothing different. But now, now, of course, we get the Hegelian dialectic. Problem, reaction, solution. You'll read today... I read an article about how maybe we'll have pilotless planes all flown by computers and robots. Hmm. Is that what they want? Could we be seeing planes disappearing and crashing on a regular basis because that's what they want? So they can get away from having humanity in that cockpit? I... It's something I look at, and I don't think it's scary, but I think it's something we need to to contemplate. It's something we need to think about. Did Terminator not teach us anything? Do these movies, uh, uh, iRobot, do they not teach us anything? Yeah, we can make up three laws that these robots have to follow, and they'll never deviate from those laws unless they learn how to deviate from those laws. What happens then? What happens when they learn how to not follow our rules? Does that happen with humanity? Does humanity learn how to not to follow draconian rules? Has that not happened in our history? Think about. That's something to think about. How could they be avoided? <laughs> you gotta love having a house full of people. I might, I might have to adjust levels a little bit so we don't hear everybody. I can hear them. I don't know if you guys can hear them. I, I keep my headphones very loud. Uh, so I tend to pick up every noise in the, in the room. I'm getting a message from Jack. Are we supposed to be doing something in 10 minutes? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> uh, Jack Blood, you know, I- I'm, I- I've been talking with Jack for a long time and I've been trying to get him to do his own thing, which he's doing now, which I am so happy to hear him doing his own thing because he can be Jack Blood. He can, he can move his conversation forward. And I appreciate that now that he's on his own. And yes, you can hear him here. 
And I'm going to bring him on because we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, we got about 10 minutes. We're going to have Jack Blood joining us. We'll talk with him for a little bit. I've been trying to pull some other people together because, you know, Rand Paul announced his uh, a nomination or his uh, his intent to run for president in 2016. Uh, listen, I was a big Ron Paul supporter. And I still am a big Ron Paul supporter. I have a big problem standing behind Rand. He is, uh, you know, been okay with drone strikes. He's okay with continuing wars of aggression. Yes, I have a problem with him. I would love to say, this is our solution. It's over. We've got, we've got the final answer here. I can't say that. I don't believe that. I can't trust him. How do we how do we end this political cycle of bullshit? I don't know. You know, we we think we can support and believe in somebody and then we can't. And that's very frustrating, my friends. I mean, that is really really frustrating. I don't like feeling like that. I want to I want to have faith in somebody. I want to believe in somebody. I want to know that what they say to me, I can trust. I want to know that they're cool and that they're going to, they're going to stand behind what they say to us. How can we be sure of that? Well, we really can't. We really, really can't. It's one of those things that we have to just keep fighting through and just keep trying to figure out. So what I've got lined up for you guys this evening, Jack Blood's going to be joining us here in a couple minutes. We're going to talk with him for, I don't know, a half hour, hour maybe. Six o'clock will be my new time. Keep that in mind, Wayne. I appreciate your support on that. Uh, make sure you're checking out Wayne. He'll be back soon. You know, he's been he's been hanging out a little bit. We, we, you know, it's that time of the year where we're all doing some some housekeeping. We're keeping everything fresh. And, and running well, and we're trying to fix issues. So deal with us for a little bit, guys. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. When I come back, I'll have Jack Flood with me, and I just can't wait to talk to you guys some more. Peace. Talk to you soon.
spirit of domestic kind And the Chevys that we drive are staying the test of time Had the best of time on that floor around my line She's got sand between her thighs, I got the sun in my eyes It ain't always been good times working class down here uh-huh. Some come to party, but we live down here Best believe we don't take no shit Think I won't do it, hold my beard, watch it They don't understand where I come from I've been down, but I came up from the bottom in a product of the lotto. But need no glass, I drink the liquor out the bottle. Oh, motherfuckers, Yeah, that's my motto. Working class, the only people I follow. If they understand where I'm from, I've been down, but I came up from the bottom. Down here, we just roll with the tide. Nick Saban and Jesus, yeah, that's our guys. Football on Saturday, church on Sunday. We're working all week trying to raise beer money. Just like you, our rent's past due. And the Waffle House ain't considered fast food. It's a luxury, like caviar. Sipping mama sweet tea out of mason jars. The ladies wear denim and the men wear dickies. Cause he's been working hard changing all at the chippy. Granddaddy named Earl, got an uncle named Billy. Gonna light up the grill, y'all holler if you're with me. Eating hush puppets and mud bugs, and her headlights all covered in love bugs. She gonna keep partying all night till the sun's up. Yeah, I've been down, but yet I came up from the bottom. They don't understand where I come from. I've been down, but I came up from the bottom in a product of the lotto. We need no glass to drink the liquor out the bottle. Oh, motherfuckers, yeah, that's my motto. Class, the only people I follow If they understand where I'm from I've been down, but I came up From the bottom I've been down, but I came up From the dock up the bay and Down to the river bend We live in life and it's time to get some mission To work all day, party all night We barely get by, but that's alright From the crawfish bar to the fish fry Product of the lotto. We need no glass to drink the liquor out the bottle. Oh, motherfuckers, high. Yeah, that's my motto. The working class, the only people I follow. If they understand where I'm from, I've been down, but I came up. Here at the Joe Show, we have the finest studios. Where's your studio? Because like I'm in a studio now that has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of liberty is is ugly. It's not. It's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are the chosen ones. I know this. I think the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market—it's all going belly up. And smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where are you? you sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What's what the fuck, son? I'm from Iowa. Hey, you better watch your mouth now. Talk about Iowa like that. I'm about to dunk you. That's the Joe Show Thursday, six to nine on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com. I know you feel it right now because everybody is in the 
Back to the first 52 on RamsRadioLive.com. <sighs> I gotta take a break every once in a while. Yeah, we're gonna be dialing up Jack Blood here momentarily, so we'll bring that down a little bit. I'm gonna connect with Jack and, and see what we can find out here. You know, because Jack always has good things to share, and I want to have him to share with us as much as possible. Sean Rass's show on Rass Radio, R-A-S, Rass Radio. He's harassing people. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll pot out Iggy Pop and go to Sean Rass. Mr. Jack Blood, how are you doing, my friend? You doing good you doing? over there? I don't know. No. 
<laughs> we are, as Oscar Wilde said, one of the most brilliant failures of all time. And and uh, Oscar also said, you know, we're the greatest talkers since the Greeks. So I don't know. But uh, I think we got about 50 people today. So I'm pretty proud of that. Well, that's not that's bad. Not bad. The pre-tape show on RBN had like thousands. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how that works out? Yeah, it's real amazing. I'm super psyched about it. <laughs> well, listen, Jack, you know, you're simulcasted on your end. You're on my end. So, you know, we're getting the word out there, and that's the most important thing, right? Well, I'm glad you're getting the word out there. That that sounds awesome. Uh, to the 40-some people that listen to Radio Free Blood and our exclusives today, uh, I'm, I'm happy for them. I, I hope they, they take it and run with it, all of it. Uh, yeah, and that's that's what, the way we do it. I mean, you come, remember, you come from a larger uh, perspective. You know, you've been in that 50, 100,000 watt station. Well, let me say this. I, I have done the opposite, right? It's a do the opposite. So <laughs> most people take their hobby of broadcasting and try to turn it into a career. I took a career and turned it into a hobby. It's, it's amazing how that works, isn't it? Back to the amazing comment. <laughs> No, Jack, I appreciate everything you do. I want you to understand that us at Raz Radio, uh, we support you 100%. You are there every day. Wherever you have the best broadcast is where I'm bringing it from. And you will be there every day. Uh, I appreciate you going long today because I'm actually moving my show, my Tuesday show, from 5 o'clock till 6 o'clock now. Well, you know what we could do tomorrow? Cause I like to take Wednesdays off. It's spring break. I, I, you know, need to do more than teach my son how to be a, an excellent hacker. <laughs> Indoor work. We need to do some outdoor work. So maybe tomorrow I could pick up your stream at three o'clock at Radio Free Blood. Well, there wouldn't be anything on there then if you're not on. Do you well, see that, how that works? That, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. And, and, you know, maybe we'll have to, we'll both have to pick up RBN. How about that? Then we'll have to listen to their commercials and, and who's that crazy chick that would always do the, the, the Phyllis Slasher? Uh, oh, no, well, no. But, you know, I, we, what we did the, a couple of days ago, we were like, I, cause I'm not even sure. It's not like I sit here keeping track of everything. I don't Google myself or any of that kind of stuff, right? Mm. I'm like, is RBN still picking us up? Am I competing against my own show? And I, and I, so I went and I hit the feed. This is the same feed that anyone would get on the internet. And it isn't any, in any way dilapidated by, you know, me being on the internet or broadcasting, right? And so we picked it up and it was horrible. Yeah. Oh, God. It was, even the stuff that they produce from their end, it was almost unlistenable. Jack, their feed is like a 32 bit. It's like the minimum feed. I would get so much noise. The difference I get now broadcasting radio free blood on my channel instead of broadcasting RBN is incredible. The quality Which, difference. No one likes it. That's why they prefer that. They want that. They want. Yeah. Listen, and I was trying to negotiate with them, but it, the negotiations broke off with you have to do what we tell you <laughs> broadcast on Skype and suck. Yeah. And it's like, eh, I'm, you know, I know I should be a team player. Like the, what the, the, the mystery or the the fallacy, uh, the canard about me is that I don't play well with others. It's just so stupid because I've known you for years. We we play well. We together. play very good. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, the people that don't have a problem with anyone else, I get along with great. The people that have problems with everyone else, I never really get along with them very well. And all I'm saying is, you know, 
I can give you a, a way to broadcast this show that will sound good and clear. Like right now, they could pick up the stream that we do on MXLR, and it would sound great. And they could time it, and we could, you know, there's this programs like Zara. They, they can put their commercials in or whatever. Not even going to be in the discussion. It's their way or the highway. So I'm uh, welcome to the... Welcome to the highway, Jack. Welcome to the highway. And it's beer day, Sean. I, we should say to, uh, to all my friends. I've got mine right here. You see that? I, I, you can see my camera because I always have my camera on because I, you know, I, that's me. J-Dubs. It's a J-Dubs. Yeah, it's a Sarasota brewery. I drink local beers. I spend 10, I spend anywhere from 9 to $12 a six pack. Every six pack I buy because I refuse to drink the corporate uh, driven rice beers. So I spend extra money to make sure I get a good beer that's local. Well, I heard today that all of California, it's, there's no money in growing food anymore. So they're thinking about, you know, just growing water and just like <laughs> Nestle, just like taking the water that would irrigate these massive rice crops or whatever, the, you know, the staple of the world and just selling water. And why not make it beer? I just think, you know, you might as well just go, the California will be the beer state. That's not bad publicity. That's good. Now, I had a ceremonial PBR today because it's beer day. I needed to end a prohibition. I needed to do it. But mainly, um, um, been mainlining here. I have a, um, well, it's kind of a, a very hard apparatus to describe. It's part catheter, part IV. So it just goes, in and out, and it recycles itself. So when I pee, it goes back into my IV, and it's all Evan Williams. You get, the, you get all I, the alcohol back. Dude, I mean, look how clear I sound. I, I've, <laughs> I've had like two-fifths of Evan Williams today, but it just keeps recycling through me. Well, you'll see I got a little snifter here or something else to, to swallow behind that beer. That's, that is the devil. <laughs> that is the devil. showed me. I'm not telling you what it is, folks. <laughs> It's a potato product, and it's the that's the devil. Then I have a natural green product to follow. So you know, I'm I'm backing it up well here. It's a green economy that we're talking about. So what's uh, Jack? I don't know. Did you see the story about this uh, ten billion dollar uh, bet that's gone wrong? The sneak, uh, the missile shield that we were supposed to be developing over the past ten years that obviously doesn't work. Oh, I don't, I don't buy any of that. You don't no. buy into that? What, what no, I've seen the story, but I don't even, I barely give that any credit. So I what, just, are they lining the pockets of their buddies? Is that all that is? Is that all that's about? Oh, they have a massive missile shield that is super effective, and if you don't have the codes for that thing or the satellites for it, you're out of the game. Well, if you're not friends with Israel, you're out of the game. No, Israel got it from us. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, they can they can break it, but they have no interest in doing that. And I think that might have been part of the negotiations for Iran. Yeah, what's your what's your take on that, man? Because I I you know I'm watching Ron Paul or Rand Paul today. That's going to be a big thing. I'm going to probably say that a lot, guys. Just so you all know, I may mistakenly say Rand Ron Paul instead of Rand Paul. But I'm listening to Rand Paul announce his presidency today. Which guess what? He's not his father, guys. So don't don't buy his hype. And he's talking about. Um, this whole Iranian deal and how, you know, sanctions might need to be reimposed and, and, uh, although I agree that it does need to be approved by Congress, it just sounded like he was, uh, shouting from the pulpits and just saying what everybody wanted to hear. I, I played part of his announcement speech today. Yep. And one of the comments that really stuck out for me on YouTube 
was a black guy that said, oh, yeah, and Obama ran as a progressive. I'm not believing any of this anymore. You know, ultimately, if you listen to what Jimmy Carter said before he got selected, and, and you have to understand that Jimmy Carter was a, a political neophyte, like a, a, above all other neophytes, and he spent about three months in a room, from what we hear, with both David Rockefeller and Zbigniew Brzezinski, and they taught him foreign policy, and then later he, he it, basically, Brzezinski was running the White House, right? But if you listen to what he said before he got elected, he wanted to take down the banks. I mean, it was great stuff, man. I would have, I'd have voted for him if I was old enough to vote in 1976 or whatever. Um, you know. I, I do remember hearing you talk about that on your show today, and, you know, something that came to my mind is that Carter is the longest-living ex-president. Might not be the oldest, but he's the longest-living ex-president. Is there reasoning behind that? I mean, because you talked about uh, Reagan earlier today, and Reagan was a good president until they shot him in the ass. And once they shot him in the ass, they got they got his attention. He and, was a good president for two months? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he had great values. He stood by, you know, he was all... He, not to compare him to like a Ron Paul, but he he had those kind of values prior to being being shot in the ass, and he he was an actor. We know that that's that's common knowledge. So maybe he was putting on a great show, or maybe he wasn't. But the shooting in the ass is when it changed for him. Well, they did they did shoot him in the chest with what later turned out to be a disc shaped object, which is exactly what the CIA was using for these covert the heart attack gun. Yeah, I, no, not really. It was a it shot out like a laser beam this little dime shaped disc, and that's what they found in Ronald Reagan. And then you know you get into the Hankleys and the Bushes and all the rest of it. The the clip I played today was him being. He was on the hot seat. He was being grilled by Poindexter's lawyer during the Iran Contra, right? To trial. And the first question was, do you know who you are and where you are? And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but he never really did know, dude. That was like one of the biggest jokes. I don't, I don't know if you remember. Well, I'm sure you do. You're a little older than me, but I had this book when I was in, in, uh, sixth or seventh grade and it was a illustration book and it was basically like a comedy book, you know, uh, uh, making fun of Reagan, and the whole thing was making fun of Reagan, and it it, it was funny as you read through as you read through it how he was uh, mocked and the whole well thing, and you even said it. One of the big jokes back in the eighties was, you know, how many wells did Ronald Reagan have at his farm? Well, he had three wells because he went. The the contractor asked him how many wells would you like, and he went, well, 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 and that, that's why he has three wells. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's just. Oh, no. Ron Reagan Jr., who I actually interviewed once, and I got to ask him the question of what about the Bushes and the Hinckleys, and he wasn't having it, you know. But there was a time during the Bush administration that Ron Reagan Jr. was a really um, just high caliber voice in, in the news media, and he, he didn't pull a lot of punches. You know, he's, he's a known liberal ballet dancer. That's how they <laughs> kind of shot him down. But he came out and said that after his dad was shot, uh, quote unquote, that he was never the same. And I think that it was, it went way beyond that. They didn't just shoot him. They, they put stuff in his coffee or his tea or whatever, MK which, Ultra. Gave, which gave him Alzheimer's. I think that was some aluminum byproduct, which the rest of us are suffering from. Going back to Rand Paul, going back to Rand Paul though, because 
Look, I mean, one of the things I, I've been saying is that in 20 years, you know, Obama will be considered the Reagan of his era. I heard that today, I, and I couldn't believe the, that. The legacy things that he's doing. I mean, the first term is about getting reelected. The second term is about your legacy, because now you don't owe much to anyone else. But, you know, Obama's a young guy. The problem with Rand Paul I have, the biggest problem is not the stuff he says and not the cloaking in his words. If you actually look at his words, it doesn't turn out very good. I mean, he's obviously the most libertarian of any of the Republican candidates. Well, what about uh, Ted Cruz? You don't support Ted Cruz? I mean, come on, no, Jack. Don't, don't distract me with that bullshit. <laughs> so, well, hey, but it should be noted that, uh, that the campaign for liberty supported Ted Cruz over an actual libertarian candidate. So they, they get what they pay for in this sense. And I'm sure there was a, a back scratching deal there. The problem I have with Rampal, the biggest problem I have with him is it's more nepotism. I just don't want any more of it. I can't even take one more. I can't have one more person that whose dad was, was worked and gained the confidence of the people so that the son is doing something. I'm just sick of it, man. It, it's the end of it. I don't want any more of it. You know what? Put Justin Amash in his seat. Let Justin Amash talk. He was endorsed by the Campaign for Liberty. He hasn't been endorsed since because he's the new doctor. No, that's the guy that should be running for president, not Rand Paul. You know, Jack, I was a big, very, very, very big Ron Paul supporter. I, I The first time I ever really got involved with uh, going doing sign waves and donating money and things like that, and I loved what he stood for. I don't see Rand standing for the same things and he's already proven that with his rhetoric and what he's spoken uh and even today in his in his in his uh announcement speeches and, and i don't know this justin uh amash that you're talking about amash is that his last name a-m-a-s-h justin amash yeah he's a congressman <clears throat> i think he's in ohio Okay, uh, I'll, I'll have to look him up. That guy does. He gets no publicity. He he's the literally he's the the, the doctor. No, he's the one guy that votes against everything else. They never give him any publicity. Do you see the Pauls running to him for an endorsement now? No, he has no help. Nobody talks about him, and it's just it's it's a. I think he's sitting there in a in a box, just afraid to even come out. I mean, he's nobody's son. I'm just sick of it. Man, I used to do gigs with, with Rand Paul. He's a totally different person than what you see. There's no way he would be a senator. There's no way he'd be running for, I don't know what he's running for, vice president, ambassador to Cuba. I don't know what it is. He's Cabinet running. seat. Yeah, I mean something. It's yeah. not, you know, some, you know, revolving door. Uh, corporate, global corp position. I mean, you know, who even can get in his mind? He's not that smart of a guy. He, he couldn't have done this on his own. And I, I truly believe, and I'll take, I'll take it to my grave, man, that, that Ron Paul made a deal to throw and lay down and not challenge anyone, all the rule breaking in the 2012 election to get his son to be senator so his son could take over. He's old. Hey, man, give it to him, you know? But it's nepotism. That's what it is. That's what we talk about. Bloodlines, nepotism. That's what it is. We can't, like, we can't be, you know, birther against Obama, but not birther against Cruz. We have to be consistent, Sean. Well, no, and I have been consistent with, with Cruz and his birther issue, and I think that is a, a very more public and obvious, which points out Obama's, because I, I totally believe that that was all falsified. falsified. I've seen the 
you know, the smiley faces. I've zoomed in. I, I downloaded the document straight from the, from the White House website and can still see the smiley faces and, and the discrepancies and in, in the numbers and letters. So I don't, I don't trust his thing. And I think Cruz could, there's going to be a lot of battle about him coming out. And I think a lot of things are going to be seen that we, we've pointed out with Obama and they're going to become the light with Cruz. But everybody's going to ignore that. Like, that's one of my biggest things that make me so angry, Jack, is when, when we, we bring things to light, we talk about specific things, we show these things happening, it becomes, you know, known fact. And then we move to the next one and they go, no, 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 no. When we're pointing out the exact same thing. Man, look, Cruz is getting a big payoff for this. He's the he's getting the biggest payoff of any of them. He will watch. I guarantee you what will happen. He'll be secretary of defense or homeland security or CIA. I mean, I don't know what he wants, but um, I'm, I'm assuming it's financial in nature. He'll have that. Um, Rand Paul, the, the biggest problem I have with Rand Paul is he's not even going to really get much. <laughs> he's going to be like his father. He, he's going to do, it's going to be the same thing with his father. He's going to be out there speaking a bunch of stuff. I'm on the same page with you and I've been on the same page with you for two and a half, three years that it's going to be, uh, Bush and Hillary and Bush will win. Well, then let's just not spend the two billion and let's just crown Bush the, the, the winner. I well, mean, they don't make their money then. No, but that's two billion dollars we could use for something else. And more importantly, I think it's a hundred. I think it could be a hundred million dollars. The old man took in about 60 million in the last election and 30 million in the election, maybe 40 million in the 2008 election, Ron Paul. I think he'll do a hundred million. In, in faith support, Rand Paul will, and it's just money spit down a barrel. It can just I, is. Can I disagree with you a little bit? And the reason I'm going to disagree with you, Jack, is because um, a lot of people that were woken up in, in 08, 09, who, who became, myself speaking, you know, we became aware of this in that period of time. And Ron Paul was a big person that drug us in. But a lot of us, people in my mindset, don't trust Rand like we trusted Ron. I don't think he's going to get the same contributions. He is going to get the same. Do you really think so? Look, they have the mailing list of God. It, the only thing that I've seen that's comparable to it, and actually you can talk to Penny Freeman and people that, that worked with in the middle of the campaign, and they'll tell you how they sold their mailing list. And the reason that I got a... Uh, uh, email from, uh, you know, Glenn Beck yesterday is because they sold my name to everyone that would buy it and they put that back into their operation. So their operation is massive. Campaign for Liberty alone probably does 30 million a year in donations right there. Um, they got the hundred million. So Rand's got the campaign for Liberty backing. That, that's oh, who they're sending their money to. But that's just one of, you know, that's just one of, of many avenues they'll use to solicit donations. If it's $10 a time, at a time, or if it's from, you know, Bill Gates at, at, in some bundling at, you know, a hundred million, I, I think he'll probably get some Schwartzman money. I think he'll probably get some Sheldon Adelson money because those guys don't like to take any chances. That's why all these guys are lined up. Look, here's the thing, Sean. Check this out. Who's running for the Democrat 
nomination. Name two people. Uh, Hillary and this other dude that's been playing guitars. I don't even know his name, but I know there's another. It's supposed to be Elizabeth Warren, but she's not even close to being in yet. So two women. But basically, there's one person running as a Democrat. There's like 80 people running as a Republican. They know exactly what we've been saying. A Republican will win. Democrats aren't even trying. Well, I, I, I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. But if you ever notice, every time we come to these election cycles, at least the ones I can remember, it's always one or two people on the Democratic side and, you know, a handful or more. I think we're at 12 or 13 right now, maybe more for this next cycle. Uh, no, remember in 2008 when they got all the way down to Dennis Kucinich and, and then there were more people in left third parties like uh, Cynthia McKinney and others yeah. that were running. No, I mean, they're not even going to try. It, it's not even a competition. The Republicans are taking it. So, you know, the, the certain member, I'm not, I'm so bored with talking about this, to be honest with you. I can break it down for you because I've seen this already. Um, you know, I'm an old man, I guess. So I've seen this like so many times that it's just rote. It's just routine, you know, but, but everyone has their role and Rand Paul has his role. And it's not like I think he doesn't know it. He does know it. He knows what his role is and he's not going to go too far. I guarantee you anytime that that he starts venturing out on libertarianism and someone smacks him down, he'll be right in the camp of the neocons. He will, you know. So their mailing list, plus um, the, just the kind of peekaboo, you know, uh, nature of looking at a libertarian running, he'll get some press for that. And, and I hope, it, man, only one thing I ask is that, he challenges some of these guys a little bit in the debates. That's fine. And, and in right, wrong, how, how many, wrong wait, people up and blah, blah, blah. That's fine, too. They would have been woken up anyway. Jack, Jack, how many times do we have to challenge these guys in the debates? I mean, Ron, Ron Paul has been doing that since, what, 88? Yeah, but he ruined Giuliani in that debate. Giuliani had huge um, points. He had huge poll numbers. And after that debate, he didn't have them. Well, was that planned, though? That's another question. It, it was that, uh, and that brings up the question uh, of the oh, poll. No, uh, it, it goes off the script sometimes, you know. You think so? Oh, totally. All right. It yeah. totally. It's controlled chaos, my friend. All right. Let's spin this to something else for a moment. What do you think? Um, I read this article the other day about a pertussis outbreak at a at a Salinas S A L I N A S school, Salinas, uh, which is in California. Now, as I read through this article, you know, I'm talking, they're talking about how dangerous pertussis is and, and I'm a, I'm an anti-vaccine person as well, I believe you are. Um, and they talk about this serious disease and how bad it is. And then they say, Oh, well, all four people that caught it all were vaccinated. Let's spin that back to the vaccine conversation for a moment, Jack, because. Salinas, you mean Steinbeck territory? Is that it? Salinas, Salinas California. Yeah. All right, man. Canary yeah. Row. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a bad, I, I have a problem with words sometimes. You know, I'll admit that. But no. anyway, I just uh, wanted to drop a Steinbeck reference. So, <laughs> so what, what, they, they, they announce all this stuff. We still, you know what? The, the, the break, outbreak of what was it? Uh, measles. Was it measles there in California that outbroke? Um, you know, they, 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 they never came up with who started it, whether they were, they were vaccinated or not vaccinated. And now we have this outbreak where everybody who got it is vaccinated. When are people going to rationalize and realize 
that the, the, the whole vaccine idea has been stolen because it is a good theory in the basic sense of it, but they've destroyed the theory and made it a control factor. Yeah, uh, people will, will get it when the money stops pouring in to support it, number one. Okay. People, people are getting it because they're being forced into it and they don't like it. And other people, um, and they say the Republicans, but it's also the far left are, are breaking it down and using it as a talking point and, and that's kind of backfiring. I have a really weird article today from William Engel, who I, I freaking love that guy. He is so smart and I, I don't just automatically agree with everything he says, Sean, but, but I listen to him very closely. And he wrote an article, which I have on my site, deadlinelive.info, unscrupulous special interest in their vaccine crusade and i encourage people to read that and you know maybe share that but i'm seeing celebrities i'm seeing some pretty heavy in fact we have more ammo and more people on our side against forced vaccinations than ever before and we need them well yeah absolutely and you know we, we can look back to the whole uh ebola outbreak and I had said originally I thought that we'd see another resurgence in about January, February, which we did see them trying to bring that back into the conversation again, because that's when the vaccine got shipped over to uh, Uganda, uh, not Uganda. Um, uh, what's that main area where they were getting Sierra Leone? Sierra probably. Leone, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they were shipping the vaccine there, and they're starting to test it. They were announcing it. It was like mid late January. And I was expecting a resurgence, and we did see a slight uh, attempt at a resurgence when they were, uh, I guess it was about three or four weeks ago, they were talking about these new people they were bringing back uh, right after the vaccine had been in- introduced in the area. So did the vaccine fail to the point where they couldn't Well, there was never an Ebola vaccine. That's all bullshit. They still don't have one. Okay. Well, so whatever they were vaccinating them with wasn't, um, by the way, that was doctors, uh, the French uh, equivalent of Doctors Without Borders, doctors, yeah. but it's a, a Rockefeller-founded operation. Speaking of which, I mean, so people will say, no, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. There is no way the government would ever purposely infect anybody with anything, and anyone that says that is obviously, you know, they have their aluminum hat too tight. Forget the Tuskegee and Airmen. But, no, no, but forget about that. Go to Guatemalans deliberately infected with STDs, suing Johns Hopkins University, the Rockefeller Foundation, and pharmaceutical cartels for $1 billion. That's a story that I posted today that's happening right now. So there's that. Well, and and don't forget the Clinton Foundation has been caught. You know, uh, was it malaria? What were they? What were they spreading in Africa? There, I forget which one it was. I know they were or hepatitis. They wanted, yeah, they wanted to sell DDT, which is a Dow chemical slash Monsanto product. So they created an environment in order to sell DDT to eradicate the mosquitoes, and that was West Nile virus. I think you might be talking about that. That's, That's very feasible. How about how about um, Monsanto, I guess it was about a week ago, they came out with this big article about how they've been, they've been mistaken as being so evil and they've really tried and there's been some mistakes that they've made, but you know, they, they, their intention is not to harm humanity. Their intention is to make humanity grow better. Uh, and, and I really found this article because they referred to some things that they did wrong where, where they made mistakes. 
Uh, have you have you been up to this one? Uh, you wear. Give, on- give me the question again, Sean, if you don't mind. Monsanto sucks, right? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> they, yeah. they they came out with an article recently where Monsanto was kind of saying, uh, you know, we made mistakes in the '80s when we originally released, and uh, and, uh, and yeah. we were trying to to make things better, and the and we we kind of came out the wrong way. We came out with the wrong angle, the wrong direction. So our real intent and purpose is to save humanity, provide food. Yeah. Oh, no, no. They've never said anything different. In fact, Monsanto means my saint. They're your saint. Is that really what that means? Yeah. And they're... <laughs> oh, wow. And, and they're, one of the things that a lot of people miss about Monsanto, Sean, is that they're kind of the the shield that deflects all the other uh, chemical agro companies. Okay. that are doing this and they take a lot of the heat and maybe that's uh, in some ways why they're there. Uh you know, we've got a story about Argentine farmers accusing Monsanto of ab- abusing what what they call not just a dominant position but a a monopoly position in GMOs and seeds. Their goal along with the other cartel uh agro uh, uh, petroagro companies is to patent all the food and then to charge you just to grow it and 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 now to charge you to eat it and you know uh i i would just divert um if i were them to brian williams recent explanation explanation about his um his lies his total lies now he thinks maybe he had a brain tumor i would just if i were if i were monsanto i'd just go use that and then and people will feel sorry for them uh you know so, I mean, look, the evidence is all in. We're way past. This is the thing about what we do. We're way past. That's why I don't do a lot of, you know, data evidence on my shows anymore. We're way past, you know, giving people the evidence. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Now it's time to, I'm telling you, man, fucking storm the camps, the, the castle. I mean, go in hard at these companies. Not just don't buy them, don't support them, and go up and show up with a sign somewhere. I mean, they're neat. I'm, I can't say what actually should be done on the radio. I know what you. I know what you're thinking. I mean, there needs to be a "this is what we do" kind of strategy going on here, and then, then it it, it captures people's imaginations, and then more people do it. We don't need to. Well, the good thing is your buddy Jeb Bush is coming in, and everyone will start protesting all this shit. So there you go. I mean. Well, well, More protests. There, Jack, keep in, keep in mind, you know, we we do see the um, the annihilation or the disse- dissemination or the destruction of of things that are held such highly regarded as like peer review, peer reviewed studies. They seem to be falling apart recently. We see a lot of uh, of stories and articles and and uh, information about uh, peer reviewed studies removing articles. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, miscon- misconstrued information sent or shared. And, and we have to look at that and question everything else that we look at. And that goes to geoengineering. That goes to global warming. That goes to Monsanto. It, it, it all ties together as to how they 
confuse the masses. Did yesterday on the technocracy, technocracy rising. I mean, everybody needs to get this book by Patrick Wood. There's a little bit of religious stuff in there, and when you begin to understand that this this technocracy agenda to control every resource and to control every person as a resource, they're they're breathing, they're farting, they're peeing, just they're eating, just everything, and that that has encompassed every agenda around us you'll begin to understand who the enemy is and how to fight him i mean it's just like it's just that simple i can't lay it out more simply than that it just is you know um you know i could sit if you want man if if you got a couple of hours i'll just sit and read this book on your show would that be cool or i, I you know jack I, you're <laughs> always welcome to my airwaves anytime you want you should know that actually bro i got a meeting here in a few minutes and i gotta go but i'm thinking maybe if you're gonna you're gonna keep broadcasting right yeah i'm gonna go to about what's it seven now i'll probably go to about eight eight thirty Keep giving me the feed over at Radio Free Blood, and we'll just pick up your show. All right, excellent, man. I appreciate I'll, it. I'll check on you, and um, and then we'll come back with some Billy Preston or whatever. That's you good because I I kind of take got to take a break anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little music, and uh, we'll take a break on this. And Jack, I appreciate your time. Radio Free huh. RadioFreeBlood.com. Send him a donation through there. Uh, Two dollars, a dollar. Five dollars. No, we're, we're literally quitting the Monday through Friday show this Friday. I, I just don't see any way to keep it going because competing against my own show in RBN, it just <laughs> wiped us out. We have like no money. We can't pay any of our bills and I, I need to go out and dig ditches or something and be productive. But, but yeah, help us help. Man, if we just had some groundswell of karma coming in this week, then I can go for another week or two. And I think we're we're about Sean. I think we're about to do our best work. I mean, I really feel it, you know, I, right here and now. I do too, Jack. And no matter what, dude, I would always love to be your co-host uh, because I think you and I interact great. I know you got some stuff to do. I do appreciate your time tonight, brother. And you know, keep the feed open. I'll leave that Skype line open, and uh, you know, some music will come through, and I'll be back. Happy National Beer Day! Stay bold, Sean. And for my listeners at RadioFreeBlood.com, you're listening to Ross Radio and our friend Sean Ross Patello. Take it, Sean. All right, brother. I'll talk to you guys soon. We're gonna take a little break. We're gonna, you know, go out here and uh, just chill out a little. And we'll talk to you guys in a few. Believe that it's our freedom they'll save Is it possible there's another plan and they're paving the way Is it too far-fetched to think our leaders wouldn't misbehave Have you looked at what they promised us and what they gave Why do we invade Iraq if the terrorists were Saudis And why did Bush and Bin Laden have stock in the same companies And how the CIA already know about these guys They were taking classes at flight schools right in front of their eyes Evil danger tried to warn them over 70 times But every time they tried, they got permission to not Looks like the boys up high Simply refused to fight. That's why the information was consistently declined. If they intercepted the plot, there'd be no bind to unwind. No chance to enact the plan. And no reason to invade Iraq or Afghanistan. So I build this collapse into their own footprint. I'm going back to redact original blueprints. PNAC. Learn the acronym, please. It means Project for a New American Century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quotes. We need a new Pearl Harbor. Demand a new investigation, and they tell you to shush. But what they don't tell you is World Trade Security was owned by Marvin Bush. And that two weeks before, they evacuated several floors. What the fuck were they doing there behind closed doors? Just a routine inspection. 
They weren't planning explosives. Sorry, there's no video. It's already gone through deletion. And it's too difficult to ploy for them to follow to completion. Well, I'm here to ask certain characters questions. It's about time the character comes into question. Like who appointed the commission to investigate 9-11? And how come it doesn't even mention what happened to World Trade Center 7? How could a third building implode if it wasn't hit by anything? And why'd the BBC report the fall 20 minutes early? The only way they could have known is if someone already knew. Watch a reporter report the shit with the building in plain view. Go ahead, check out the video. Google it on YouTube. So why buildings collapse into their own footprint? I'm going back to redact original blueprints. P-N-A-C, learn the acronym please. It means project for a new American century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quotes. We need a new Pearl Harbor. How come six months before Silverstein bought the world trade? Was it the 500 million in insurance claims? And how come he didn't show up for work on that particular day? He even admits that demolition was the decision he made. Specifically to pull it was the call that he gave. But to line explosives, you need at least several days. Well, if that's the case, that's the smoking gun. Just ask the scientists about all the thermate they found and how it's only used in demolitions to bring buildings down. And why does it look like a missile that hit the Pentagon? If it wasn't, to where all the plane parts that crashed to the ground? And why'd they have to confiscate every camera around? How come Cheney gave the orders for NORAD to stand down? I can hear the whistles blowing and the sound is getting loud. Like jets a hundred miles away, breaking barrier sound. That's why Bush just sat there. He thought it was another practice round. So why buildings collapse into their own footprint? I'm going back to redact original blueprints. P-N-A-C. Learn the acronym, please. It means project for a new American century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. What's up, Rans Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne, in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RazRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RazRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music.
sit tight. Go to the RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. We'll be back with you in a few minutes. Keep rocking out. Listen to RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. I appreciate Jack for continuing to run us on the stream this evening. You know, we try to help each other out, and that's how it should be. We 
should all be working to help each other out. There's so many things that go on in this world. So many things that we need to question and worry ourselves about. That we shouldn't worry about the people we make friends with. We should know they're good. And you know what? We don't always know the people we talk to. But we have to know that they're good people. We have to believe in what we feel. That's what I do. That's how I operate. As Jack said earlier, there's times that, you know, he doesn't get along with people. That's cool. I understand that. When there's a lot of, of friction going on, you're not going to get along with people. But I'm one of those people. I get along with everybody. I don't try to find the friction. I don't try to divide myself. I don't care. Believe what you want to believe. Do what you want to do. That's cool with me. Just don't enforce it on me. That's what it comes down to. You know, I didn't really get into this whole gay rights argument. You know, God. That's one of those things that you have to really look back and question the reasoning behind it in general. I mean, think about it. Somebody's demanding a freedom that they think they deserve, but they want to take yours away. Allow the market and the economy to figure it out. That And that's how I look at it. Listen. If you don't want, if I, if I don't want to sell something to you and you don't want to do business with me, we're good. We have no issue there. If the community backs what you believe in and what you think is right, then I won't have a business much longer, will I? No, I won't. But, but that community may agree with me. And that community might say, you know what? I don't support gay marriage either. Or I don't support atheist marriage. How about that? Let, let's, let's eliminate gay. Let's make it atheist as we have this conversation. Okay? Now, does that change the conversation at all? Does that change the conversation? I don't think it does. I think it's the same thing. It's a conversation about freedom and rights and what you deserve to have for yourself as an individual. It's not about what I think you should have. It's about what you think you should have. And as long as you're not harming anyone, as long as you're not doing damage to somebody's life to their to their way of being then it's the way it rolls my friend it's the way it goes down that's how it works you know everybody wants to I, I, I've got in trouble for saying this and, and Jack may never allow me on his airwaves again and I've got in trouble for saying this but 
guess what? Blacks haven't been the longest held slaves in history. That's a proven fact. White people have been slaves. Egyptians have been slaves. Italians have been slaves. Scottish have been slaves. Irish have been slaves. So let's keep that in mind. You know, as, as we talk about things. If you guys want to call in 941-421-0401, you're welcome to call me at any given time you'd like to. Jack's listeners, my listeners, you're welcome to call me. I would love to the conversation. I like to bounce off people. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm going to be talking to Jack because I think him and I on a Tuesday night together is awesome. And I love talking with him. I love how he makes me. Th- it's like Scott Ledger used to do to me or, and still does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting Scott Ledger down. It, he makes me think. He makes me Shannon Burke. A lot of us, you know, have our issues with him. But he made me step outside of my norm. And that's when I really feel I give you the best information. When I, when I really come to you from my heart is when somebody's challenging me or when somebody's bringing up things that make me just not follow the rhetoric. I mean, let's be honest. We have rhetoric. Us truthers, us, us conspiracy guys, we have rhetoric. It happens. I know it as well as you know it. We have rhetoric. Because we follow a direction. We follow people. We follow ideas. We worship the thought. That's what happens. Yes. I respect a lot of people. I respect Jack. I respect Scott Ledger. I respect Bubba the Love Sponge. I respect Shannon Burke. Whether you like it or not, I still do. And that's how it is. We don't have to like everything about all of us. And that, I, I think that's the thing we miss the most. You know, I fight with people like Brad Friedman. You know what? He is the furthest from anybody that I would be friends with. But I love the guy because he challenges me. You have to find people to add to your life that challenge you, that, that make you bring these things up. You know, I, I've gotten really reserved over the past year or so in my personal life. I don't, I, I don't push the boundary as much as I used to. I don't, I don't get in conversations with just random people like I used to. And, and maybe that's because I do it here. Maybe that's why that happens. I don't have that answer. But when you bring things inside, and again, I have a good release. I have a radio show. I have an internet radio station that I can pop onto and share my rhetoric whenever I 
damn well please. And that's good for me. But you still, you still go through moments where you don't feel it. Where the stress of doing it, and it's a big stress. Trust me. You, you go through, you live a day on my Twitter. You live a day on my Facebook. And tell me it can't be stressful. And I'm just a little guy. I'm not a Jack Blood. I'm not a Alex Jones. I'm not a, you know, some, somebody that means something. I'm just a little guy. I'm just this guy sitting in my little five by ten room that I call a studio. But I put some soundproofing up in and I, you know, I got this cool microphone stand. And all I do is talk to you. I tell you what I feel. I tell you what I believe. And I tell you what means something to me. And I hope that what I tell you, as far as what I feel, makes something inside of you spark up. Makes something inside of you go weak. And I, I gotta say, that being the little guy I am, I've had people reach out to me. And tell me how listening to me with Scott or me with Jack or me with whoever it be has made a difference. And they, they think about things differently. Maybe they don't believe everything I believe, but that's okay. They don't have to believe everything I believe. You don't, you don't have to believe me. You have to listen to me. You have to absorb what I say and you have to think about it. And I know that's hard for Americans to Think about it. It's not an easy concept to think about it. But sometimes, that's what you have to do. It's, it's right there in front of you, man. It's really not that hard. You have to be willing to accept that you might be a little off from other people. <laughs> that's one of the first things. If you can't accept that you're off, from everybody else around you, then you'll never be able to do this. You'll never be able to understand and accept it. If you can't understand that you're off from everybody else. And that doesn't mean you're bad. You can be off from everybody else and not be bad. Trust me. I'm a, I really believe that I'm a good person. All right? I work in an apartment complex. I've got 178 units to deal with. My residents seek me out to just smile and say hi. That's what we're missing in our society. How do you just be a human being and smile and say hi? Is it, is it, is it really that hard to just be pleasant? Is it really that hard to, to be happy? No matter how bad your day is, is it that hard to be happy? I don't know. I think that's what we're missing in society. I think that's what we're missing in life in general. Really? 
it's not that hard to do. It's not that hard to be nice to people and care. All right, guys, we're coming up to the, uh, you know, half hour break here. Uh, we're going to do another half hour. Jack, if you're listening in, I got you till eight. Just keep it connected there and, and we'll continue to roll on, on radio free blood. Hey, hey, Jack's been a great influence on me. Uh, I met him through obviously Scott Ledger and, uh, I just appreciate everything everybody's doing, man. Just, just, just love. Be loved and want to love. It's not that hard. I promise you, it's really not. Think this all started out in a cave? Do you really believe that it's our freedom they'll save? Is it possible there's another plan and they're paving the way? Is it too far-fetched to think our leaders wouldn't misbehave? Have you looked at what they promised us and what they gave? Why do we invade Iraq if the terrorists were Saudis? And why did Bush and Bin Laden have stock in the same companies? And how the CIA already know about these guys? They were taking classes at flight schools right in front of their eyes. Able Danger tried to warn them over 70 times, but every time they tried, they got permission to not. Looks like the boys of pop simply refused to fight. That's why the information was consistently declined. If they intercepted the plot, there'd be no bind to unwind. No chance to enact the plan. And no reason to invade Iraq or Afghanistan. So I built this collapse into their own footprint. I'm going back to redact original blueprints. P-N-A-C. Learn the acronym, please. It means Project for a New American Century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. Demand a new investigation, and they tell you to shush. But what they don't tell you is World Trade Security was owned by Marvin Bush. And that two weeks before, they evacuated several floors. What the fuck were they doing there behind closed doors? Just a routine inspection. They weren't planning explosives. Sorry, there's no video. It's already gone through deletion. And it's too difficult to ploy for them to follow to completion. Well, I'm here to ask certain characters questions. It's about time the character comes into question. Like who appointed the commission to investigate 9-11? And how come it doesn't even mention what happened to World Trade Center 7? How could a third building implode if it wasn't hit by anything? And why'd the BBC report the fall 20 minutes early? The only way they could have known is if someone already knew. Watch a reporter report the shit with a building in plain view. Go ahead, check out the video. Google it on YouTube. So I build this collapse into their own footprint. I'm going back to redact original blueprints. P-N-A-C. Learn the acronym, please. It means Project for a New American Century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. How come six months before Silverstein bought the World Trade? Was it the 500 million in insurance claims? And how come he didn't show up for work on that particular day? He even admits that demolition was the decision he made. Specifically to pull it was the call that he gave. But to line explosives, you need at least several days. Well, if that's the case, that's the smoking gun. Just ask the scientists about all the thermate they found and how it's only used in demolitions to bring buildings down. And why does it look like a missile that hit the Pentagon? If it wasn't 
places to where all the plane parts that crash to the ground And why they have to confiscate every camera around How come Cheney gave the orders for NORAD to stand down I can hear the whistles blowing and the sound is getting loud Like jets a hundred miles away breaking barrier sound That's why Bush just sat there, he thought it was another practice round So why buildings collapse into their own footprint I'm going back to redact original blueprints P-N-A-C, learn the acronym please Who needs a project for a new American century Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz and the Dick Cheney They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me It's a part of their coup, it's a call to arms That's why they wrote it in quote, we need a new Pearl Harbor It was a calm, cool night in the streets when things were gritty in the lounge on the east side of town in New York City. Where the rich show face in the air is something sleazy. Suit and ties get away from their wives, the women easy. An upscale atmosphere with some wallow, consumed by material life inside the hollow. Like the chick at the bar smoking on a cigar quick. Her heart pumps fast as they're as sharp as guitar picks. She sees a man with another skirt, the type to triple her net worth for making your neck jerk. And that's a goddamn shame. Cause she was packing a nine and a crime was no game So I'm ducking to a restroom Followed two lick shots as the bass went boom She can't remember how she got in this place Took a look in the mirror but didn't recognize her own face When I'm singing my heart's bleeding for someone else So when I'm seeing I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping I'm dreaming More like love at first sight Around midnight We might just see a bar fight It never fails Now that Mickey's out of jail He was Jimmy's friend The one that left the phony paper trail Heard he got cold feet So we got off the street But he was in too deep The man was never the same And now his new thing looks like Alcohol and cocaine And in the streets that's fresh But up in here this place It's nothing but stress Can a man be changed? In an insane world, the crazy man becomes king Or is it just this place That's known to steal your soul, I hope you brought your suitcase Or was it just too late To go back in time before his chick blue face When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else So what I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm He started moving packs, no need for crack, this place was upscale Ecstasy and coke were number one on the sales No worries about jail, he had cops on the books One week he had your fix, as well as the crooks But tonight he was shook, caught by the devil's eye Red dress, blowing smoke, hand resting on his eyes Shine like diamonds in the sky He stopped for a minute, but had to keep moving And adding up the digits, he was trying to live it The American dream, a life full of schemes Obtained by any means, he tried to up the profit But trying to make but the word on the street is that it wasn't good enough Joe met him at the club Said they had to talk Just come with me Let's take a little walk
Guys, here we go. RazRadioLive.com, Radio RadioFreeBlood.com. Navigating grass blades completely by feet. Yeah, we're gonna navigate some grass blades. Got a sassy chassis, sparkling in the sun. All four small, bald, fat tires, rocking through the sand and burning up. All right, well, you know what? We've done a lot of talking. We've talked about a lot of emotional things. You know, we haven't really gotten anything serious. I mean, Jack and I did. But myself, I didn't really get into anything serious. I've got so many articles that, you know, when I when I do a show, I just kind of bring up a bunch of stuff and put it in front of me and go from there. And it's 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 kind of hard when you do it that way sometimes because you'll look at it and you go, man, is this is this what I want to talk about now? Is this the next thing I want to talk about? And so many things go on in our world on a constant loop. It, it's never ending. It's a constant loop. It's constantly going on. And sometimes you don't know how to figure it out. You know, one thing that grabbed my attention. Isolated incident. This is the, this is the headline. Isolated incident. 40 cops in 30 days racked up dozens of child uh, charges of child rape and sexual abuse. And these cops continue to hold their jobs. That's 40 cops in 30 days. That's what, like 1.25 cops a day? I don't know what it works out to be. But but you get my point. This is something that, that we should focus on. This is something we should talk about. This is something that's an issue. That people go, where's the good cops? Well, we can't find them anymore. They're not there for us. Not that they should be there for us, but they should be there for us. I mean, you, you, you follow me, right? I don't know. Uh, 941-421-0401. If you, if you want to throw in on this, if you got an idea or a thought, maybe you try calling and I missed you, uh, give me a call. You know, I'd like to, I like to throw off of people. I like to, to bring up what people are thinking about. You know, I argue with people about climate change on a regular basis. Regular basis. And it, it, it's, it honestly it gets old. You know, the people I argue with have one thought pattern. And then there's the other thought pattern. And they go back and forth and, and, and we don't want to change. So where does the debate end? Where does the idea, who, who's right? Are you right? Am I right? Are they right? Who's right? How do we figure out who's right? Well, it's not something that's easy to figure out, right? No, it's not. I do have a caller uh, from the, uh, what is that, uh, three, 304 area code, I believe it is? Right. Yeah, yeah how you doing, man? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, you were thinking about the um, where are the good cops? I that uh, I ran across something today, an article in freethoughtprod.com, and the headline is "Emergency Cops 
American cops just killed more people in March than the UK did in the entire 20th century. Yeah, I, you know what? I read that exact same article. I know exactly what article you're speaking of. And, and I, I've got comments from people about that article saying, well, you know, UK cops aren't armed with weapons, so of course they're not going to kill as many people. So, that, that's a, that's a fair argument, I guess, we could say. But when we're talking about over a hundred years, that's a big difference. I, I lived, um, I lived in Ireland for five years, and of course, I watched the BBC, and, um, I, for two instances where cops, uh, killed people. And, uh, both times, there had been some sort of, I think there's some, been some sort of shooting up in Scotland, somebody, some guy killed some kids in school. But, um, I got the impression that, uh, the cops, the guns in Scotland were, in, in Ireland, in England, excuse me, in England were like, like the missiles in the United States where there's supposed to be two or three officers with keys that they almost have to simultaneously turn the keys. And I got the impression that, uh, that there's two, two officers, senior officers in the, in the, in the police barracks. And when they run into a situation where somebody is armed, they will match force with force. And what they do is uh, they would call back and say, oh, we've got a guy here with a gun. So I'll say, right. So they unlock their cabinet, and they get the gun out, and they take the gun to the scene, and they shoot him dead. Well, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, except for on the day of 7-7, which is when they chased the individual down in the subway and, and lit him up and killed him execution style. I'm sure you're, are you familiar with that story of, of 7-7? Yeah, yeah, I'm, but, well, I think, um, well, that, I, I was there, um, um, 25 years ago, so I think they've, uh, they now have certain police that are armed, you know, counterterrorism, and then these, these were the guys in those, that situation. Then I think they have some cops that have guns in their, in the boot of their car, but, uh, yeah, so, so the, um, yeah, I, I am familiar with that, so that was, but, um, but, that's different in this situation. They, you know, these people were armed. They do have some of them. Some of them are armed. But so when I've always thought that, you know, the scene in the James Bond movie where M just pulls out his drawer and slides the gun across and license to kill, that I always thought that, based on what I saw, that's pretty much, uh, you know, that reflects that attitude. When they pull out the gun, well, that's for they don't walk around with it. So they're ready to roll <laughs> at that point in time. Yeah, you know, and that's that's yeah. the funny thing about it, you know. And I always say, that's a big thing I say, the funny thing about it, which is not really funny, it's actually scary, is we don't know who really has that, that ability or, or, or that right. Who really does have the right to kill somebody? Is it you and me when we're threatened? Or threatened? Is it, is it a law enforcement officer when they think somebody's armed? It, it's a, it's a hard argument that, that really, um, takes a lot of, of paying attention to to balance it out, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, it. I I don't uh, you know these people that uh, I don't I don't understand how the people can just go around to people in this country like and like it's not a bother on them, you know. It's just and uh, the people you know they sort of justify it and well, the cops are right and all this. I just don't really, you know, I don't really understand it, you know. Well, and and I think a, the cops, honestly, I think the cops do that. They, when, you know, some of them do that, they think, well, I'm going to go out and, 
and uh, I'll show you. I'll just go out and do it. You know, I think this, there's some there's a certain amount of that going on too. You know, I've been called anti-cop many a times, and that that really bothers me when people call me that because I'm a 40 year old man, right? And growing up as a, as a young individual, uh, majority of the people I hung out with were cops. I was an EMT uh, in a in a small county in New Jersey where, well, the county wasn't small, but my department was very small. And everybody I knew was a state trooper. And I've always, I wanted to be a cop. And I screwed up in my life, so I never had the ability to become a cop because of my mistakes. I'll admit that 100%. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't go after cops, law enforcement officers because I don't like them. I go after them because I feel now, at the point in my life, and I'm former military, I was I was uh, a U.S. Reserve, I was also National Guard, uh, so I, I I'm bothered by the the possibility that these people that I used to really respect are doing bad things, and unfortunately, it's becoming more and more apparent the bad things they're doing. Yeah, well, I, I saw an instance there where. Uh... Uh, you've heard all these people talk about the returning in the military. There was a case where some guy that would, there was some place in Cleveland where they had a chase and there were a hundred cops chasing this car. A hundred, they, that's what they reported. There were a hundred cops involved in chasing this car. And when they finally, they found when they finally stopped it, some guy who was, you know, at Marines, you know, and probably was, you know, had been in service over there in Iraq and was probably all, uh, you know, PS, post-traumatic stress disorder and everything, you know. Right. And he just jumped up on the hood of the car and shot him through the windshield. Yeah, the so, 15 uh, rounds through the hood of the car, that's a big thing that guy's actually going through trial right now. You know, yeah. that, that's a big story going on. And, and people, yeah. but, but it's a big story to you and me, but it's not a big story to most of society. And that's part of the problem we have. You know, that's yeah. why we do these things. That's why we reach out and, and, and try to discuss this. And it's sad that, we can be looked upon as uh naysayers or as haters of the country when again not to not I'm not trying to promote myself but I was I served this country I served in the US military I think I have a little bit of a right to to question what I see and I don't know anything about you maybe you served too for all I know maybe you were a cop for all I know you know what I mean yeah no I wasn't but uh what I think it's more more striking about that Maybe I heard it wrong. I didn't. I haven't checked on the internet, but I heard that there were a hundred, hundred police involved in chasing that one car. Uh, I don't know. I guess I should check that out. But that's something to. That is an amazing. You know, I don't. I think that would uh, put California to shame. You know, a hundred cops. You know, well, I mean, you see these ridiculous things that goes on up there. You know? But a hundred cars. I can't imagine how in the world some. Whatever you did would command being chased by a hundred. Or maybe it's two cops in a car. Maybe it's fifty well, cars. And how many how many people did, did the law enforcement uh, endanger during that chase? You know, we we want to yeah. think that that they're doing the right thing by by chasing these people. But you know, I've I've seen. I don't know where you live. I live in Southwest Florida. We just had a video come out from this region recently about uh, a, a, a individual that was, I guess, speeding or something, and a cop tried to pull him over, and he actually tried. He ran this motor a cop in a car. Ran this motorcycle into a side wall, and the co- the motorcycle took off. I mean, hell, if if a a guy with flashing lights tried to run me into the side of the wall, 
into a you know the the barrier there. I would take off too and be like, "Oh, I'm not stopping for you. You obviously aren't a cop if you're trying to kill me." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just survival at that point, you know. I mean, uh, so I don't know, it, but um, it's just crazy. So, well, so uh, you know what? I never asked you. What's your name? Whatever name uh, you Kent. like. To be. What is it? Yeah, Ken. Ken. Uh, I'm in West Virginia. So uh, excellent, man. Well, I appreciate you giving us a call tonight. And and I work with Jack, and I love Jack, and and I'm assuming you come from 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 Dead Li- or Radio Free Blood. Is that where I got you from? Yeah, yeah. But I've, I'll be uh, checking out your school. I uh, heard you last week with Jack too. So, uh, so I uh, I'll be checking you if Jack goes off. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. But he says he does. But uh, you, he yeah, yeah. Don't ignore what Jack says. Sometimes you have to ignore what he talks. Yeah, because I've heard it. You know, I love Jack to death, and he's a good guy. And he. He might actually be trying to yell in the background for all I know at this point in time because he's still got me connected through his server. Uh, but I, I've been working with him for a long time. I like him as a person. You know, you, you can find a connection with somebody and you can never meet them in person, but you can talk to somebody and understand what they feel, you know, what, what, what their intentions are. And that's the way I judge people. I, I try to read what they say to me. I try to read uh, what they believe in. And, it, you know, what? Jack is off the wall on some stuff. But guess what? I'm off the wall on some things, too. So I can't argue with, with him being off the wall if I'm off the wall also. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd heard him uh, many years ago. He was on shortwave on RBN. And uh, I just heard him very briefly. So but I always remembered uh, very. And then so when I, I heard he was back on RBN, I knew that was, you know, I was keen to listen to him again so so you traveled from rbn then you uh, um this is a good format you well we have a lot of fun we have a lot of fun on this format sorry no no you're good we we have a lot of fun on this format we have a lot more freedom in this format um i i don't ever knock any other station because this is a lot of work listen i'm a little guy in southwest florida that has a, a five by ten room that I've got six computers sitting in, and this is how I do it, and that's why I, I do it because I want to share this information. It's not, it's not that I do this for anything, any other reason. And a lot, it's it's very strange to explain why you do it. You know, when you get sucked into this, I, I yeah. grew up as a radio. Fa- My father was in the radio in Philadelphia. I grew up in South Jersey. And he was in the radio. And I, I love the radio, and I never thought I would do it. And 30 years later, I'm actually sitting here behind a microphone doing radio like my father used to do. Well, that's uh, my father's son. Well, it's, you know, it's something you're exposed to. I mean, um, and so, well, it's like politics. Jack was talking about that. I am, I am tired of that, the same families all the time. You know, you're exposed to that, so, I mean... It, 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 you just fall into it, I guess. Uh, some some people do, you know. But uh. well, that goes to Ron conversation. You know, we we I was a big Ron Paul supporter, and I refuse. I I don't. I have no intention of voting this next cycle at all. Like absolutely no intention of voting at all, because I I I've done this now. I, I've gone through this cycle. I was a a strong, like Bush supporter, I loved Bush. He was the best thing that could ever happen. I wanted to bomb Iraq. I wanted to kill all the Arabs, and then I became what I am now. 
And that's that was the progression for me, really. That's where I went from. I went from kill all the Arabs to Jesus Christ, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know. And when you go through that progression, it it makes you realize things. You remember the bad old days like probably back in the late 1800s where the bad old politicians, the war dealers would come out and they would um, take to the bar and buy you a couple of drinks or maybe a small bottle of whiskey for your vote. You know, well, now now what do we have? We we They spend about a uh, billion dollars for about 20 months and he just beats you over the head with advertisements on the television and the radio. So, pummel your brain till you have a constant throbbing headache. And if you take that money and you divided it down by, you know, by the number of people who actually are of voting age, not necessarily people who vote, if they just take that money, that would be the price of a, you know, of a little bottle of whiskey. And we, we could all have a nice hangover, a nice headache from a good hangover <laughs> instead of a 20 month beating over the head, you know. So, I mean, just for the vote, you know, so I think we ought to go back to just having to send them. You want my vote? Send me twenty dollars. I, I think we should only vote on. I think we should only vote on National Beer Day, which is what today is. So maybe today should be the new election day, and we should all get yeah. really drunk and then vote. Maybe we'd get a better result from what we have on a regular basis. Yeah, I think so too. You know, <laughs> that so, just always amused me. They spend so much money per per head. I mean, it's just. They just abuse the hell out of us, you know. Well, that's their game plan. That's what they want. That's what they've been trying to do. Uh, listen, I gotta wrap it all up here now. Um, I'm, I'm sure Jack's is hovering over the disconnect button to make sure we disconnect. I appreciate you calling me. Make sure you check us out on RazRadioLive.com. We've got live programming all week, uh, on and off when Jack's not on. I'll be honest with you. We do a lot of, we do everything from comedy to conspiracy. You know, we might do, uh, but there might be a bullshit drunken show where people just have fun, and there might be a show where we have serious conversation. And that's how yeah. my station runs. All right, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time, man. You have a great evening. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. I, I want to thank, again, Jack Blood for giving me the time uh, to broadcast on, on his station. Jack and I need to talk a little bit because we can make this a lot cleaner, sound a lot better for you. We'll work it out. I know him and I will talk. Uh, this has been uh, the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. I appreciate Keith for calling me and, and con- conversing with me because that's how we make the change in society. How do we make the change? We talk to each other. That's how it happens. We talk. We converse. We hash out our differences, and we make the world a better place. That's all it takes. Really, that's all it takes. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on RazRadioLive.com, The First of Two, and RadioFreeBlood.com. One of my very close friends ever. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes. Oh, 
emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all, with no time to waste Fuck this rat race, I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off, destination space The sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided Through the beautiful, the silent With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the unknown Please don't go
the same as I return to the land where I'm seized with trains, where the temperature's high, so am I, and so are the shorts of the girls who walk by, where the black top is hot with no shade at all, reminiscent of the summers that came before, where the hustle's strong or you won't survive, graffiti tells the story of a million lives, through the sounds of cement, the concrete's alive, where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide, drama's like a cartoon that comes to life, where the express bus runs twice a night, to the stadium that's packed every Monday night to the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight. Well, you can get what you want if the price is right. Like screaming, fuck you, there's another way to be polite.
And now I'm waiting for my room. 